Welcome to the Play to the Whistle podcast. You're here again with Kieran. And I'm going to be continuing on with the small series around the autobiography and biography reviews. Before I get into today's player, just a reminder that you can follow us on the usual socials. So on Twitter and Instagram, that is at the PTTW podcast. And on YouTube, um, if you search for the Play to the Whistle podcast, uh, there are uh, a few plays of the whistles, so make sure that you uh, track us down and find the right one. Today's episode is about a player who it won't be surprising um, that I've decided to talk about. This follows on from the episode on Ian Wright, um, and my love for football did start with players that scored goals. This player um, actually was as clinical as Ian Wright, but... Um, played his game in a, in a slightly different way and came a little bit after him as well. If you haven't read the title of the episode, or if you haven't guessed by now, I'll read you an extract that should surely give you a bit of an idea. I love those games. Our approach was a dream for strikers because we were always on the front foot. We drew our first games at home to Barcelona and an away in Munich. Both close, well-fought games and the 11 goals we put past Bromby in the next two clashes meant we were in an okay place going into the last two games. Barcelona away had some history for the club, having been beaten there 4 0 in night night four, and we went there fully committed to victory. We got a more than decent 3 3 draw, but we had attacked to win. Yorkie had equalised after their early opener, and I got us 2 1 up with a second half effort. Man, I loved that goal. I can watch it today and it seems to get better. It epitomises the way Dwight and I were working together. Keen fizzed it in. Dwight stepped over it. We played a one-two and I was in. A quick picture in my head of what I wanted to do and a ball was nestled in the Barcelona net. If you haven't figured it out already, it's Andy Cole. As I mentioned, for most people... Um, given if you know I was a United fan and uh, started watching a club in the early 90s. Um, this won't come as a surprise. But Andy Cole's career um, has, has actually involved a, a number of different clubs. So he started off um, actually playing in the youth teams at Nottingham Forest, but decided to move on and attend the uh, Academy School of Excellence in Lillyshaw. He joined Arsenal on a youth contract with loans at Fulham and Bristol City before leaving Arsenal to join Bristol City on a permanent deal. He moved across to Newcastle, um, who were in the same division as Bristol City, so the old uh, Division 1. And after Newcastle were promoted and after he scored a hat full of goals, moved on to Man United for six years, um, soon becoming one of the highest scorers in the Premier League. Uh, his record still stands today um, in the top five. He had some other moves, uh, won trophies at uh, Blackburn Rovers before ending his career uh, at Fulham, Man City, Portsmouth, Sunderland and eventually Nottingham Forest where it all began. For me, the, the reason why this book um, was of interest to me was firstly, he was a player I really enjoyed watching growing up. Um, his time at the club spanned probably my most favourite period at uh, watching Man United, as it would be for most fans of my age. But I also wanted to get a bit of insight into um, his difficulties with physical illness as well. I was quite intrigued by how he managed that and, and how he dealt 
with that. Um, and it's quite clear from the book that um, there were many challenges across the way. I think as a, as a, as a young black boy growing up, um, I'd always be drawn into some of the people that um, could be a role model for me. My favourite player growing up was actually Paul Ince, um, but in terms of attacking um, Andy Cole and, and Ian Wright were definitely the, the, the idols for me. And it was always nice to see um, a black player playing at Man United and doing well. Um, the, my my favourite player was Eric Cantona, as, as most people will know if you know me. In terms of the book, it, it follows the, the sort of um, sort of usual structure that you that you can get in some of these books. So it does talk a little bit uh, about the sort of early football career to start with, and it mainly focuses on that. Um, Andy Cole described himself as quite a private and quiet person, and you do get the vibe from that from the book, and that it does go into some of his private life and things that were going on at home. Uh, and it's it's really insightful and, and helpful to just see actually how football can impact the family life in terms of marriage and, and children. Um, but that is kept for a smaller section at the end to, to keep that private along with his physical health difficulties. The structure itself um, in terms of the football side of things is, is quite interesting you get to learn very quickly about Andy Cole and his book is his attitude and his approach towards not just football, but life. He comes across as a person who's very grateful uh, for the people around him and community and family, uh, including friends is, is, is really, um, no, it's really obvious that, that that's a big thing for him, but also he's, uh, he's, he's just cold in front of goal and he, he just loves um, sort of playing in, in competitive matches. I think he admits that, wasn't the best of trainers and, um, you know, he'd always put in a shift, um, you know, during the games and he was sort of pulled out for that. But he, what strikes me is he's someone that has a lot of values and that's something that remains a theme throughout the book. It's interesting. He talks a lot about um, some of the lessons that you end up learning, particularly when dealing with agents. And I think that's a really good part of the, um, the kind of story and a narrative particularly given the influence that agents have in these days, but also when you think about um, agents like Rayola and Mendes, it sounds like they may have a slightly different approach to some of the, unfortunately, the agents that would um, sort of manipulate and um, take advantage of players who maybe at the time didn't know better and were a bit naive. Cole talks a lot about his relationships with managers and it, again it's very important um, in terms of this theme and this value of family and I think integrity and respect as well and what's quite nice is he talks about the managers that you know always been there for him and, and done quite well for him but also some of the managers that he's not gone on with. Most people will know that he had a bit of a, a feud with Teddy Sheringham uh, and that is also in there as well and it, um, I don't think it's any secret as to um, why they had a fallen out but certainly um, it, it just gives you a bit of insight into why it was so important for him. The One of the more interesting parts is he does talk a bit about this media perception of him being this sort of grumpy moody um, player and if you've read a, a few of the uh, some of the other books from uh, about some of the, the, the sort of black men in, in sports, I'm thinking Ian Wright's book, but also the Three Degrees as well, you can still feel this kind of racial undertones, which are quite interesting to kind of explore and navigate through this autobiography. 
he also talked about his England career. From my perspective, I just felt, despite the fact that uh, England were blessed with probably the, the, the best range of strikers I can remember them having, and possibly ever, um, you know, with Les Ferdinand, Ian Wright would have sort of clipped that era, Sheringham, Fowler, Confer Collymore in there, and obviously Alan Shearer. You do wonder whether Andy Cole could have been given more caps and could have been quite important given um, some of the amount of goals that he scored both for Newcastle and for Man United as well. So he does touch on that and the relationships with some of the managers and it was a shame that by the point he um, was probably getting a bit of a look in, his career was probably coming, starting to come towards the the end as well. I won't go too much into his sort of the bit about his private life i think it's it's great to um actually read through it and it does get quite emotional um at points particularly when he's talking about the issues he had with his with his kidney and how that developed and everything that he went through in, in his family um but i would i would urge you to to go ahead and, and read that as well so i'm gonna as usual end the piece with um, a little extract from the book on one of the more happier moments in his career Our last game was at Middlesbrough. I scored in a 3-0 win and the Premier League was won. What a difference a year makes. After the disappointment at West Ham and the troubles I'd had getting my mind right, was a champion of England. That's what matters. Moments like that define a team, define a career. You can have all the money in the world, but once you're playing at the highest level, it's the medals and the trophies you've won that count. If, you're, if you end your career without winning anything, that is a massive disappointment. I'd worked so hard to be here, gone through ups and big downs, but now I had that medal. Not that the season was over. As ever, we'd gone on a good FA Cup run. I'd scored a last-minute winner at Sunderland in the third round and got the equaliser against Chelsea in the semi at Villa Park. Bex got the winner that day and so we were off to Wembley for a chance to win the double. We were up against Liverpool. They'd given us big problems in both league games, beating us 2-0 at Anfield. Fowler was having a mad season, and in Steve McManaman, they had a brilliant forward with a free roll to roam around the pitch. I think it was him who worried the gaffer. He wanted to keep Keane to play a deeper role in front of our back four to keep him quiet. What wasn't quiet was Liverpool's pre-match attire. The cream suits raised a lot of eyebrows, and when it came to giving his team talk, Fergie was straight on it. Look at those suits they're wearing, he said. They think they've won this. I think their keeper, David James, had done some modelling with Armani and sorted out the suits, but they weren't good. If you were something like that, you'd better play the game of your life. But the truth is, neither side could say they did that. It was a terrible game. One of the worst that it was ever involved with. Maybe it was the intense rivalry, but both teams seemed terrified of defeat. It was Eric once again who settled things with a late goal after a mistake from James. And so we had the FA Cup to go to the Premier League. We'd won the double. We took a lap of honour in front of our amazing fans. Fans who had backed me all the way and who now cheered this new exciting team from the pitch. It had been a crazy five years since I'd left Arsenal, but I had everything I wanted from the game. And my son had his new toys. Thank you for listening to this book review. As always, if you like this episode, please subscribe and follow us on the socials. As a reminder, that's at 
the PTTW podcast at Thank you for listening to the book review. And as a reminder, if you like this episode, please hit subscribe. You can find us on the socials at the PTTW podcast on both Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube for content, um, both current and previous.